experience the strongest radio allowable by law. Secrets will be revealed. Myths dispelled. From the studio gym where excuses never apply. It's Superhuman Radio with your host, Carl Lenore. Hey, hey, welcome back to another episode of Superhuman Radio. Calling up, up, all up, Blueprint up, 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 Army. Fall in line. Too soon on the trigger. I hope I never do that with my handgun in my hand. Uh, welcome back to Superhuman Radio. We have a great show planned for you today. It's the Blueprint Power Hour where Coach Rob Regish answers your questions about training, nutrition, supplementation, drugs, and much more. Uh, this is a Facebook Live event, so you can actually post your questions uh, on this thread of Facebook Live. Uh, and we will do our best to answer them along with all the questions that we have in hand uh, already. And uh, without further delay, let's bring Coach in. Calling all Blueprint Army. Fall in line. It's time for the Blueprint Power Hour with Coach Rob Regish on the Superhuman Radio Network. So when it came time to do the show, Coach forgot that we were doing Facebook Live, and he goes, oh, man, I, I haven't shaved. I said, dude, I haven't shaved in three days. Look at this whisker. You know, I'm lucky it's all gray, you know, so that makes it a little You're right. So, Me too. <laughs> Me but, too. But, yeah, I mean, and then and then he goes, wait, I got to get the dog out of here. I said, no, leave the dog there. It'll be like Jack Lane. Remember when Jack Lane used to bring the uh, White Shepherds on on? Yeah, Saturday? yeah, yep. Yep, they did. They added to the show. Maybe Ginger the Wonder Dog is usually pretty quiet, but maybe we'll get her to do a cameo a little later. <laughs> well, for sure, if somebody rings the doorbell, she'll bark for us at least. Yeah, oh, yes, least, absolutely. So um, it is. We are sitting at twenty-one degrees and expecting snow once again today here in the Great Northeast. So um, I hope you and other parts of the country are doing well. It seems like an awful cold one though. This one. Yeah, you guys, uh, up, uh, the East Coast has really gotten hammered. Here's the interesting thing about uh, Kentucky. Um, we get the weather first, and then about a day or two later, my buddy in New York tells me he's got that same weather. So it, it just kind of yeah. comes down and around and then goes back up again. So. Well, you're a Brooklyn boy, so you certainly remember how bad it gets. <laughs> I remember, right? I, rem- I think it was 1967 or 68. We had Mayor John Lindsay uh, in office. He was the yep. mayor of New York. He was a very uh, charismatic, handsome guy, very, very good-looking guy. And that year, he decided that all of these trucks they had in the sanitation department, the salting trucks and the snow plows, they were paying yep. all this money to keep them uh, garaged. And, and he decided, you know, we never use these trucks, so let's sell them all. And so he sold all the uh, snow plows, except for a handful, and he sold all the the salting trucks, except for a handful, and he was very proud because he literally cut like hundreds of thousands of dollars out of the budget every single month by doing this, and that year, we got hit with the worst snowstorm of New York history. The city came to a complete standstill, and immediately... At that moment, it was like no one's going to vote for this guy next time around for mayor, and he didn't. He got voted out. He was a great mayor, but he made that one stupid mistake, and that was the that was the signature of his of his uh, administration. 
Scott. Yeah, you know, you just don't do that up here. Bad, bad things happen when nor'easters kick off. And if you're not ready, if you don't have the budget to deal with the roads, and, and think about the statement you just made, which is really saying something. New York City came to a halt. You know, so oh, you even even the, even the even the even the you, you know. When I was a kid, more there were more trains above ground. We called them L's for elevated train tracks. Than yeah. there were subways. They were, you know, they were wow. building subways as they were going. And I right. remember the Myrtle Avenue L used to run right past my street, and right. and even the trains were locked up because they couldn't. The tracks were, you know, buried, and they couldn't get guys out on the street to clean the tracks. Right. And it was just the whole city came to a standstill. I think it was 67. It was two years wow. before the Mets won the World Series. Where that was 69. So right. I'm pretty sure it was 67. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you it gets don't... bad up here. But you know what? The spring's right around the corner. So let's hope for better days soon. Khalid Hamlui is listening live. Uh, and he hey, is, Khalid. Yeah, yeah. And he's actually, we, we may be related because when I did my 23andMe, I found out that I have North and African blood. Uh, 14%. Really? Yeah, 14% North African blood. So he may wow. be, he may actually be my cousin. I'm not sure. We'll have to find out. Was, was that a surprise for you? No. As dark as I am? Come on. You're joking. <laughs> I, look, my, okay, funny story, and then we'll get on to the show. I must have been about six or seven years old. My father right. had a locket. I have it now. It's in my, in, my, in, in my house. My father had a locket. It was a gold locket. It was him and his mother. He was in yeah. a, a sailor suit. He was home on leave. And my grandmother, Concetta, was standing next to him. Now, yeah. I had my first friends as a kid growing up were Robert and Kevin Smith. Robert and Kevin Smith were black. But they had three white siblings and white parents. Now, I didn't understand. I was too young to understand that. Anne, Robert's mother, married a, a black guy first, had two children, then married a white guy and had three children with him. So they had a blend. They had a true blended family. So I didn't understand that. I just assumed that you had black and white in the same family. It was like it was just a crapshoot. That's what happens. I didn't understand that there was a black guy involved with her first. So when yeah. I used to look at pictures of my grandmother, I used to think that, that she was black because she was darker yeah. than I am. She had that kind of kinky hair, and she had features uh, that would be uh, those uh, that I would say are of like an African-American person. So right. the, corner, uh, the corner grocery store, Joe and Marie Ricca, Italian couple, they owned it. And one day I went into the store and I said to Marie Ricca, I had the, I had the pendant. I said, Marie, you want to see a picture of my black grandmother? And she looked at me. She says, Carl, your grandmother's not black. Now, they knew my father. They grew up together. I said, right. yeah, look. And I showed the locket. And she laughed really hard. She says, no, Carl, your, your grandmother's not black. She's Italian. So my father had to sit me down and tell me the story that Robert and Kevin Smith have a black father. And they're, they're, uh, the twins, Patricia Ann and Patrick, and then Josephine, they were the three white siblings. They had a white father. Until that moment in time... I just assumed that there was black and white, like like the way you have one dog that has brown spots and another dog has black spots. They come out of the same mother at the same time. You know, I just figured right. that's what it was. Yes, so absolutely. to say that, I, no, I wasn't surprised. In fact, Elisa just did her 23 and me, and now she's half Sicilian. She absolutely has African blood in her. She's going to be. I said, what are you going to do when you find out that you're like seven or 10 percent northern African? 
And she was laughing and she goes, well, I says, she goes, I'll have to figure out at that moment. I was like, people don't realize we all started from Africa. Some of us later than others. That's all. But we all started from Africa. Very true. Anyway, on that note, let's get on to that. That's a funny story. (laughs) Yeah. And you know what? It actually, uh, it served me well growing up in Brooklyn because I did not, uh, I didn't see people as being different than me, to be honest with you. Right. I really didn't. Right. Um, so the first question comes from Andy Battle. And uh, I'm trying to do a lot of things at one time here. So Andy Battle says, uh, you once said you learn by watching. Do you still learn by watching? And if so, what does it help you to learn? Well, it, it's a great question. Uh, and it is very true that whether, whether it's weight training or another discipline, uh, whatever it may be, I learn by watching. Uh, at least initially. And, and so it pays to go back maybe to, to where the whole thing started, uh, in my journey into physical culture. So the very first real gym that I joined was a place called Central City Gym. Extremely hardcore, um, in Springfield, Massachusetts, directly across the street was another real gym by the name of Big Daddy's. So there was always this kind of rivalry between the two. But suffice it to say, it was the first real gym that I joined. My mom drops me off. I walk in, walk up to the desk, and proceed to sign up for, I think it was a month. This was back when you could pay cash and just go month to month. And sometimes you could barter with the guys at the gym. But in any case... I remember paying my money, and then I remember turning to the left where I could see the entire gym floor open, and I froze. I froze. I'll be very honest and tell you, it was it was a mix of curiosity, intimidation, and those those two really sum it up: curiosity and intimidation. It was the intimidation factor. <laughs> that kept me on the stool at the desk in the front of the gym for the two hours um, that I told my mom I would be there and she could come back and pick me up. So for two hours, I watched and I studied all of these various men that were lifting these enormous weights, uh, gigantic men to my mind. Bear in mind, I'm 150 pounds soaking wet at this point. Uh, But I, I noticed something. First and foremost, uh, they were working all on money lifts, you know, big compound lifts. There was very, very little, you know, direct tricep or even bicep work going on. How long ago was this, did you say? This was 1985. So there were, the machines were even limited at that point in time. The types of machines you had were very, Yeah, very limited. And that's a great point. There were some universal machines. Right. Uh, there were still some Nautilus machines, Right. But it was nothing like today where you've got, what, pre-core and hammer strength, right? Stuff like that. Right, right. Um, but eventually I zeroed in on one guy, and this guy was most interesting to me because in those lifts where he didn't have to balance the weight, like seated cable rows was what I watched him. I couldn't believe what he was doing. He closed his eyes mm. during the set, and he seemed to be absorbing everything, not just physically, but mentally, psychologically, he was going to, and I noticed that the set got harder and harder, 
he went to, he, he would pause and he would seem to go to a different place in his mind. And the intensity got ratcheted up and then ratcheted up again and again and again. So it wasn't on that day, but I eventually approached him and a lot of these other men, you know, with questions. And you know what? Almost to a person. They were the nicest, most helpful guys you can imagine. I mean, you know, the gym atmosphere, at least where I train today, is, is entirely different. So let's get to that now, you know, what I've learned. Typically, I'll do cardio on an off day, and it's treadmill work um, if I'm just walking. And so I'm observing, right, because it looks out under the gym floor. And what I see is really interesting. First off, 75% of the, of the guys that train upper body, maybe more, actually, I put it at 85%, don't work their legs. They never work their legs. Um, and even fewer of those that do squat. So obviously, they're, they're leaving a lot of growth on the table. The other thing I see is routines that are just that, routines, but they're made up of 80%, if not 90 isolation movements. Mm -hmm. It's curious, though. These guys are pretty darn big and jacked up. And I know why, because I talk to a lot of them. Most of them take a lot of stuff. And they'll, they freely talk about it openly. And it makes you wonder, though, doesn't it? It makes you wonder, if these guys weren't on those growth drugs... How much muscle growth would they stimulate and ultimately have if 80 or 90% of their routine are little isolation movements? But wait a minute. But, Rob, I, I, I just have to jump in here and just expand on, on, on the discussion for a second. Yeah. You know, um, we love to talk about multi-joint movements because they, they, build, they build strength adaptation. Right. But when all you're looking for is hypertrophy— Isolation movements have a place in that, and, and, and the accumulated effects of isolation movements can then be connected in a, a, to develop the kind of power that you develop in multi-joint movements. I, I, I understand where you're going with this, and I agree with you 100%. I, I just feel sometimes that we, we, we get too narrow in, in picking our camp yeah. I, I think there is a place for isolation movements. Look, look, I haven't been able to train my legs in over a year now. And soon right. I'll be able to again. But, right. and, and I don't do, I, I do not do many isolation movements. I mean, everything I do is push-pull. I either, I'm pressing right, right. or I am pulling. And so I'm, I don't train my biceps at all. In fact, I, I'm, I'm, I have the smallest biceps in the world uh, for a guy with my strength. I'm, I'm being sincere. I, I, yeah, I yeah. want to, but, but there is a place for isolation movements. I really do believe that. It, it, as long as it's like more of a accent you know, like right. you've already done some heavy multi-joint stuff, and now you're going to just right. focus on your biceps, let's say. Right. And, and I suppose that's a possibility. It also may be that these guys did use big compound lifts to build whatever muscle they have, and now they're just using isolation movements. I am I am the polar opposite. Uh, in fact, guys regularly come up to me. They're like, you know, when do you do curls? I don't. When do you do direct tricep? I don't. When do you bench? I don't. At least not with with barbells. Right. Uh, but much like you, there are there are a lot of guys my size or bigger in the gym 
but in almost every case, I'm stronger. Mm-hmm. And I'm convinced that's because of the fact that I almost entirely use big compound movements, been doing it for 30 years, and as such, have built a central nervous system that is very yes. critical. Yes. And, and by that, I mean, why are you that much stronger? Because you've trained your body to simultaneously contract as many muscle groups as possible, yes. Yes. which lifts the big weights. And, and so. let's, so let's, let's, let's stay with that for a second because this is an yeah. important discussion. So the brain is the power plant of your city. Your city is your body. Yep. And your nervous system is the grid. And when you don't train the big movements that require like the deadlift, the squat, uh, you know, even the pull-up, when you don't train these kind of movements that require activation of stabilizing and accessory muscles as well as uh, direct contraction of the muscles doing the majority of the work, then then your brain tends to become a weaker power plant and you have brownouts, for lack of better terms, where, you know, when you, when it's all about activating the whole grid, if you can activate the whole grid, then your, your, your strength is there. And, and that takes a lot of repetition of doing work that requires the whole grid to be involved and not just this little, this little network of, of uh, electrical wires that run to this arm and that arm. So I'm a complete agreement with you. That those types of movements build strength. They build, and I, I want to use the word core strength, but they've ruined the word core, uh, the fitness community. So I can't even use. But they build overall strength. They build a hardy power plant and grid system to distribute that power. Right. And and so the final observation I'll make is this, because I want to end on a positive note. Gyms, at least the ones that I train in do not have any issues with race relations, discrimination, <laughs> even political, right? As, as much as we've been divided politically in this nation. When when I go to the gym, yes, there are black people, there are Hispanic people, there are white people, there are Indian people. You know what? To me, I, I don't see any of that. Right. What I see is a person that is interested in bettering themselves in some form or fashion, be that getting stronger, be that looking better, be that both. Um, it's, it's really an interesting, interesting dynamic. It is, it is probably the only place I can think of that is wholly integrated with a, just a bunch of people that are willing to help each other regardless of all that other nonsense. You know what? Here's the bottom line, because this is how I think. I go to the gym to get away from all that crap. Right. You know, you go to the, I go to the gym to get away from the news, to get away from the politicians fighting in Washington, to get away from, you know, race relation issues. We're all there to get better, man. And so there's only one race in the gym, the human race. Yeah, and this is so true because when you go to the gym, you have friends and you all have the same respect for each other. Because you're there to do the work, and right. that's it. That's the de- that's the defining factor. If anything, you look at people who are there coasting, and maybe you think to yourself, "Wow, they're just not really getting everything they could out of this." <laughs> right. But the reality is, it's it's it's. You're right. It's not about 
It's not about who you are at the gym. It's about what you're there for. Right. Um, let's go ahead and get this uh, next question in, and then we'll take a break. So the next question comes from um, John. I'm, I'm thinking it's Bassey or is it Basie? Do you have any idea on this? I think it's Bassey. Okay, so this is from John Bassey. He says, I came across another podcast you did a few years ago. I think it was uh, Muscle in Motion or something like that. I found myself nodding my head in agreement with many of the things that you talked about. Do you still do that show? I could not find any new episodes anywhere. <laughs> yeah, so prepare yourself for a, kind of a sad story, I think. Um, I'm not going to use the individual's name. His, I think the name of his show, it was XYZ Barbell something or other. Um, and in fact, what is it, two, three years ago now? He contacted me saying, hey, you know, would you like to do a show with me? And I said, sure, you know, let me, let me, you know, as a courtesy, I ran it by Carl. Carl said, sure, man, go ahead, have fun. Uh, and we did for, I forget how many episodes, maybe a year's worth, maybe, maybe something more. But um, it all came to a head one day, and I know this is going to sound ludicrous, and it is, but my computer was scheduled to go into the shop, okay? It had broken down, and we had an upcoming show scheduled at 12 noon. Well, um, the next day, let's call it. In advance of that show, I had emailed him, as well as you, Carl, uh, and a couple other people informing him that, Hey, my computer's on the skids. Um, it sounds like from what they're telling me, it'll be ready around 12 noon. Therefore, I might be a few might be a few minutes late to the show. Well, as I'm in line checking out, paying for said computer, I get a text from this gentleman, and he says, "Hey, where are you? You know, it's it's quarter of, and we need you to be on the show." I said, "I'll be I'll be at my place either at 12 or at most." five minutes late. So I actually got there on time at 12 o'clock, logged in and attempted to contact him. Nothing, <laughs> nothing whatsoever. His words, he apparently took this as a sign of disrespect and therefore was cutting me out of all future broadcasts. Wait a minute. Was this John Gotti's podcast? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. It, it's someone... It is someone I feel. Oh, I know. I know who you're talking about. I, I actually think yeah, that he may have ha he may have been a little unstable in in his defense. Yeah, I th I think there's an undiagnosed personality yeah. issue slash yeah. disorder. Um, but be that as it may, <laughs> undiagnosed uh, bad things happen. And so uh, I was the same friend uh, Frank Robles that I was, uh, you know working his machine. Right. They paid him a visit the other day. Right. I was talking to him about it and three other friends that I know that used to be on his show. And the same darn thing has happened. Either a, a complete non-issue or something so trivial. It's ridiculous. Well, the, um, the worst, the worst thing about the guy is that I actually had him on my show and, and he had a Lisa on his show. And then I found him, we used to have uh, the superhuman radio, uh, forum used to be over at uh, at uh, anabolicminds.com. 
they were they were nice enough to let us have it for free, and you know I didn't keep up with it. I wasn't active on it. I didn't have anybody that's active on it, so it just kind of died. Right. But he went over there under a an assumed name and said something to the effect of that Supreme Radio has lost its way. Like you know, it's sure. it's not about strength and conditioning anymore. And you know, if you really want. If you really want the real information, come to my pod, come to this podcast, go to this podcast. Yeah. And it was so obvious that it was him <laughs> that I actually posted his name on it. I said, you know, good try. But right. I mean, it's like, who, who does that? Like in this day and age, who disparages somebody that tried to help them in order to try right. to steal their audience from them? It was, it was terrible. And, and you know what? Had I known about that? Before he asked me to be on there, I would have never done that show. But anyway, be that as it may, I, t- I took the liberty of listening to a few recent episodes. And oh, he's still, have, he's still he's still out there. He's still out there. He's he says he's done a thousand shows in four years. But here's the kicker: um, most of his shows today, he's relegated to talking to himself. Uh, he does have certain guests on, and some are excellent. However, um, he will be the first to tell you that nobody is investing in his program. I think he has a you know a PayPal link if you want to throw him some money. He has advertising right for sponsors, much like you have, minus any actual real sponsors. And in fact, he started one show off recently, and he said, "Look, I'm not even going to bother asking for money. Nobody's sending any." Oh, Two minutes later, that's kind of sad. He, he's begging for a sponsor, so. Um, you know, that was bizarre. And then another show that I heard him on, he was uh, talking about. Uh-oh, we have a technical difficulty. <clears throat> I think we lost Coach Rob. Uh, Coach Rob, if you don't know this, uh, we lost you. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go ahead and run a commercial. This is a good time. This is a good time to run a commercial. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with more of the Blueprint Power Hour. Whether your goal is to build muscle or burn fat, you'll find everything you need at Redcon One. Need help getting a good night's sleep? Try Fade Out or the most popular pre-workout supplement on the market today, Total War. Sign up for their new transformation challenge and win $10,000 or shop for apparel that people at the gym will know that you are serious about your training. Need a testosterone booster that works? Check out Boomstick. Whatever you need, you'll find the best quality supplements on the market at Redcon One. Go to RedconOne.com. That's R-E-D-C-O-N, the number one dot com, or go to superhumanradio.net and click the Redcon 1 banner ad today. Men and women, you've heard about hormone optimization. Do you feel like it's something you want to look into? RenewLifeRx.com is the place to start. Their doctors can help you with the solutions. RenewLifeRx.com has a simple process for lab work, consultation, and taking a deep dive into where your hormone levels can be improved. Superhuman Radio listeners get 30% off your initial lab work and consultation. Go to RenewLifeRx.com to schedule your no-obligation phone consultation today. Feel younger, get in better shape, and be more productive at RenewLifeRx.com. New Mass Pro Synthogen X2 just upped its own legendary game. To distance itself even further from the rest of the pack, Synthogen X2 now has double the key active ingredients. If you've ever wondered what steroid-like recovery feels like, Synthogen X2 delivers. See why others compare it favorably to powerful body 
bodybuilding drugs at Synthogen.com. Mass Pro Synthogen. When you train with it, you'll gain with it. There are a few products that I believe in the way I believe in CanSee eye drops. I've been using CanSee for six months now, and the changes in my vision are nothing short of amazing. Wow, that's an old commercial. The truth is I've been using CanSee eye drops for 11 years now, and I credit CanSee eye drops as being the reason that I do not need reading glasses at 58 years old. CanSee eye drops improve the quality and health of your eyes indefinitely. That's why I both use and endorse CanSee eye drops. Go to wisechoicemedicine.com and learn about how CanSee eye drops can improve the health of your eyes and the quality of your vision today. Eat dessert again with the new 100% natural line of high-protein, low-carb Quest protein bars. I love lemon cream pie and strawberry cheesecake, but you can choose from chocolate peanut butter, coconut cashew, or cinnamon roll as well. No matter which one you try, you'll feel like you're eating dessert, but this is no ordinary dessert with 20 grams of high quality whey protein isolate, 17 grams of prebiotic fiber, and sweetened with stevia, these bars will make you feel like you're cheating, but you're not. Go to superhumanradio.com and click the Quest Protein Bar banner ad to learn more about these clean and delicious protein bars. Spit that out right now. This is the Superhuman Channel. We, uh, we lost our cameras and as you can see, now I'm on the left and Coach Rob is on the right. Uh, anyway, we're just going to wrap up and just say that this guy really uh, hurt himself more than anything else uh, with all of his shenanigans. I mean, that's probably a fair thing to say, isn't it? Yeah, it's just it's a cautionary tale of, you know, you don't you don't bite other people um, because ultimately that's going to come around to, to bite you. And it sure did in his case, you know. Yeah. He's he's as much as said he's squandered eighty grand for not much return. Very very sad. Uh, before we go on, I got I got to talk about a sponsor. I was supposed to do. I, I actually did their uh their their spot yesterday on the show we did on erectile dysfunction. Uh, we did a show yesterday called the Men's Guide on Erectile Dysfunction. It's a really pretty cool show. And I didn't have my paperwork in front of me, and I was ad libbing, and I really didn't do a good job. Because I found the company that makes underwear and socks for men called Mac Weldon, MacWeldon.com. And the truth is that I kind of stumbled upon them. You know, Elisa has always bought my underwear for me. And most guys are like this, right? Your girlfriend or your wife buys your underwear for you. And guys don't take any interest in this at all. And when we even when we do take an interest in it, we buy like whatever is the cheapest. We walk into the store and it's like, oh, it's underwear. We don't want to spend a lot of money on it. Okay. Well, this company, Mack Weldon, makes some of the greatest underwear I've ever seen and worn. And I I mean this sincerely. They fit fantastic. They're full cut in the fly, so you don't get your junk squashed down all day long. Uh, The fly is a full-size fly that you can actually get your friggin' hand in. And and when you got to do your business and you don't want to take your pants all the way off, standing in the men's room in the urinal. Um. The underwear, the, the the materials are fantastic, but more importantly, the designs are very, very cool. Make you very look very good when you got to take your drawers off and you just have your underwear on. Elisa said to me when I first put the first pair on, and I'm not lying, she said this. She said, they make your package look a lot bigger. <laughs> and anytime somebody says that to you, you know, women have spanks. 
They have all of these. They have all of this adaptive uh, underwear that they could put on and change their bodies. Well, a pair of underwear that make your junk look bigger—that's a plus in my my account, as far as I'm concerned. Okay. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it uh, is. Mac Weldon. Ordering from them is really simple. Their website is streamlined. It's you know most websites you go to, and it's like, okay, how do I just buy this stuff? You know. Their, their website is streamlined. They have amazing socks, too. If you want flashy socks, dressy socks, socks that have great designs that literally set off the shoes and pants you're wearing, they've got those, too. Um, they have a bunch of different accessories for men. It's Mac Weldon, M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com. And if you use the code SHR, you'll save 20% on your order, your first order that you place with them. And I promise you, you'll be back. I'm already I'm already looking for my next order because I love the way these underwear look. They have a complete sports line of underwear that are longer cut. They go down further on the thigh, uh, and they're made out of a material. I bought one pair just to check them out because I generally don't like those sports cut underwear. You know, Rob, they just they don't feel comfortable to me. But these are not only comfortable, but the material is. I don't know what it, it almost has a satin feeling to it, but it wicks the sweat away. You don't get sweaty in your crotch and stuff like that um i'm telling you check out this website mac weldon m-a-c-k-w-e-l-d-o-n.com and just try one pair of underwear i promise you that when you get them home and you put them on you'll be back on the website going wow i gotta buy more underwear because they look good they fit good the band is thick at the top it doesn't roll down on you by the end of the day 20% 20% off. Use the code SHR. Check them out. Okay. I, I bet every significant other wife, girlfriend is is going to be all over that. Well, I was just going to say, tell you, if, look, if you like your wife to buy your underwear, then say, go, honey, go to the, go to this website. Use this code SHR. Save 20% yep. off. Buy, buy the underwear that you want to see me wear because you're going to look great in them. You, she's going to want to see you undress wearing Mack Weldon underwear. Uh-huh. Trust me on this one. Okay, so uh, we're going to depart with the discussion we were having a second ago, and we're going to go to uh, the next question. Um, let's see here. That was John Bassey. So the next question comes from, oh, this one. This one is actually, we didn't have it a name uh, to go with this one. Um, so I don't. Anonymous. Yeah, I, I actually, for the, for the purpose of the screen, I just put no name provided. It said, yeah. uh, what's your opinion now of Vector? By Black Lion Research. It was really hot about six months ago. Guys were swearing it was like D-Bowl light. What the hell? Why not D-Bowl? Why D-Bowl light? Why would I want D-Bowl light? I want D-Bowl. What the hell? Right. If, if you're going to talk nonsense, go all the way. Yeah, right? If you're going to lie, tell a big lie. You know? Right. D-Bowl heavy duty. <laughs> but you know what? This is a really good question because... Um, he's correct, at least six months ago, maybe a year, uh, this product, Vector, debuted. And, and it debuted on Anabolic Minds, which is one of the largest, and in my opinion, one of the most knowledgeable boards out there, um, once you can sift through some of the obvious you know, shilling that's going on. But Vector was not unlike a lot of proposed non-hormonal anabolics that contain three or four uh, herb herb and herb-like ingredients. And I think the, the speculated active and the one they talked up the most 
It was either Korean mistletoe or Japanese mistletoe or something like that. Okay, you 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 you're kid right now, right? Korean mistletoe. What does it give you? Uh, it gives you anabolic kissing strength. Oh my lord! You had to read the write up on it. I'll have to send you a link after the you show. You get a bottle of it. You hang it in your door and in, in your in your doorway, and then every girl that walks under it, you get to kiss. <laughs> You would swear it's D-ball from Korea, right? Oh, man. Um, so the pattern is what I want you to, to try to recognize here. The pattern is there's a huge product launch. There's a lot of excitement. They build on that excitement by asking for testers of free product. And who doesn't want free product? So you get a lot of people interested. Uh, and sure enough, they gave away, I don't know how many bottles of this stuff. And the reports come flooding back in, most exceedingly positive. In fact, they tried to develop a narrative where this vector was not unlike the old 1AD. The old 1AD was, you know, a bottle was generally good for about 10 pounds. You saw about 10 pounds on the scale uh, in drastically harder muscles. Well, predictably, over time... There were people that then came in, bought the product at the regular retail price, used it, and did not notice 10 extra pounds of muscle on the scale. Uh, now, to be fair, you had people talking about, well, you know, my, my sex drive is way up, my appetite is way up, and that may or may not be, see, because here's the thing. There's always this new crop of, let's say, 15 or 16-year-old kids. And you could send them a bottle of sugar pills. <laughs> the fact is, if they're new to training, they're in their hormonal prime. Let's say they just start squatting or working their legs heavy for the first time. Well, of course, they're going to explode with muscle growth right. and new strength, etc., etc. And because they're using this product... They are attributing those gains to the product. Right. The vast majority, though, of other people who bought the product and used it did not report <laughs> 10 pounds of extra muscle gain. In fact, they didn't report much. So in the interest of fairness, I visited the board the other day. Um, there is not much talk about Vector right now. The one thread I did find was... Uh, a poster was asking the opinion of should I use Vector or this other non-hormonal anabolic? And sure enough, the first like six replies said, you know, Vector kind of fizzled. Definitely use the other stuff. You know, you get a lot more for your money. And in fact, there were, you know, research proven non-hormonal anabolics, if you will, in that product. Nobody's saying it's D-ball, but, you know, being what it is, it was a much better investment at that point company reps for Vector came in and started trying to poke holes in guys that had bad results. You didn't need enough. You didn't need enough protein. You weren't training enough. You know, you needed this. You needed that. So at the end of the day, I think Vector has run its course. If you are looking for truly effective products, those are generally items that have been around for five years or more with repeat buys. Why? It's simple. People don't keep buying something they're not getting a visible or feelable effect from. Right. Uh, Tribulus terrestris, for example. You know, 
people get a visible, feelable effect. It might not boost testosterone like they say it does, but they are getting a big increase in libido and better and stronger erections, so they keep buying it. End of the day, I would say this. I would be shocked if Vector is around five years from now. Much more likely, the company will roll out a successor of Vector 2.0. Of course. 2. That's what right? they do. To keep the excitement going. They launch a product. They develop a, a crowd. The crowd right. buys one or two uh, of uh, uh, you know bottles of this product. It doesn't do anything for them. And before you know it, they're launching the next product and they're marketing it to the same crowd. And this is and this is you know this is there was, there have been so many companies like this in the supplement sports and, and uh, sports supplement industry over the past 20 30 years it's just unbelievable it's funny actually you know funny and and sad in the same in the same way because if you study the posters a lot of those same people that got burned the first time will go back again for more why People want a, a certain subsection of the population wants to believe the fairy tale that all they need to do is take this pill and they're going to be growing heaps of muscle. Yeah, yeah. So. And, 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 you know, those are the same people who, when they see an athlete who has right. made remarkable progress uh, in their strength, in their physique, the first thing they say is drugs. And that's because none of those people ever work hard enough to get any results because they believe, and they believe that it's a drug that's going to give them the results. Right. So. Right. Absolutely. We actually are going to have a question that kind of uh, infers this here uh, in a moment. I'm going to, I just want to see. Um, so. Facebook question? No, no, no. I mean, there was a question that uh, a guy asked. It's actually later. Let's, let's go to this question right here. This comes from uh, Mark Albert. And Mark says, yeah, let me get rid of that. Yeah, I'm producing a show here, baby. All right, so Mark Albert says, um, you mentioned on last week's show you rotate various performance supplements into your lineup. What are some of these? Why do you use them and how often if you're rotating them? That's a really good question. Um, so just to recap. I have a list of supplements that I take in, day in and day out for general health purposes, right? A, a Like a whole foods product to derive my vitamins and minerals, the superfood, if you will. Extra B complex um, for to combat homocysteine. Extra vitamin C for all of the benefits that gram, not milligram, but gram amounts give you. Vitamin K2 to help prevent calcification of the arteries. TMG, trimethylglycine, for methylation in the liver and all of the benefits that that conveys. But the performance, and, and so in addition to that, I will rotate in various performance enhancers for anywhere from two to eight weeks. So top of that list, obviously, is Synthogen. If I'm um, going after a new one rep max in, let's say, the squat, and it has a very aggressive timetable, I want to get there fast, I'm using Synthogen. Why? Bounce back from workouts twice as fast. If I'm not using Synthogen, I'm on a longer type of program that's not as time compressed, and I'm changing my diet to include more complex carbohydrates, I am using Progenitrex. Why? 
the anacyclist pyrethrum therein not only increases your appetite, but improves your ability to store carbs as glucose in the muscle. You'll hear about this all the time. You will see it in, in the, all of the reviews. Guys are eating big, and instead of putting that extra two inches around their waist, they're putting none. Or in some cases, some guys' waist actually decrease as they gain weight. You, you can generally expect a pound a week for anywhere from four to eight weeks, which is not too shabby for something that's non-hormonal. Um, so that's Progenitrix. I will also use, for example, uh, lecithin granules. A lot of people overlook these. We know the phosphatidic acid therein mm -hmm. has been strongly tied to mTOR, so an increase in protein synthesis. Not to be overlooked, though, it's also a very rich source of phosphatidylserine, which is a cortisol control agent. If you are training um, with any sort of intensity, then you need to manage your cortisol because, remember, there's that war going on in your body every day, anabolic versus catabolic. Uh, phosphatidylserine is one of the things in lecithin granules that helps tilt that balance. Another that I will rotate in, which is an oldie but a, good, a goodie, <laughs> Vince Gironda, one of his favorites, uh, desiccated liver. Yeah. And, you know, for anyone that is doubting the efficacy of desiccated liver, uh, you can Google um, desiccated liver lab rats or lab rat study. This was a study done in the 1950s where they gave one rat right, the um, liver, and the other rat didn't get the liver. They injected both with cortisol, okay, sent their levels sky high, a very catabolic condition. At the end of the study, there's a picture of both rats. The rat on the bottom is white. To say it's skinny is generous. It's, ugh, it, it's sickly skinny and obviously suffering the effects of extreme catabolism. The rat on top of that, though, is the rat that got liver. It is robust. It is not gray or white. It is brown and appears to be unaffected by the severe catabolic conditions that the researchers imposed. So I would tell you, if you have an extremely intense workout, uh, that's going to generate a lot of cortisol. And uh, let's, let's say that's uh, German volume training, right? 10 sets to 10. That's a hell of a, you know, st growth stimulus. <laughs> that's a but lot it's of work. Also, yeah. It's a lot of work and it's going to show up in your cortisol levels. Desiccated liver would be a really good thing. What about take. just eating liver coach? What about just having liver three times a week? Um, do you think there's I'm any, map, you know, so desiccation, requires yep. that the liver be dried Defense. at the exact same temperature as the temperature of the cow's body when alive. So let's just say, for lack of better, I don't know what a cow body temperature is, but let's say a cow's body temperature is 101 degrees. The, yep. the, the liver is then uh, dried, allowed to give off all of its moisture and turn into a, more of a powder, if you will, uh, right. At exactly 101 degrees for as long as it takes, obviously in a sterile environment. But you think there's some magic in desiccation, or do you think we can get the same benefits just from eating liver? 
That's a really good question. I'm not opposed, you know, to eating liver to get it. I don't know, though, if you would get the same effects. You might. I'll say this. It's going to be a lot tastier way <laughs> to get your liver. Yeah, with onions and a little bay yeah, leaf. Yeah, <laughs> with onions and bay, bay maybe leaf. a little steak, yeah. steak sauce. Yeah. If you're going to do desiccated liver powder, uh, I would highly recommend doing that in tomato juice or vegetable juice of some sort. It is exceedingly hard to get it down. If you can get one or two tablespoons down a day, though, um, during that first hour, it makes you know the remaining 23 hours of every day a lot easier to get through. And that's something you will feel within 12 days. I actually charted that once, and uh, if not sooner, the 12-day mark, you'll feel it. We're going to take uh, a quick commercial break. We've had some uh, – so those of you who are watching the show live on Facebook – uh, you may have experienced what Darcy Clark has uh, experienced, and that is that there was like a temporary blackout. We, uh, both of our cameras went dead, and I went into a commercial break, and then we reconnected the cameras, and that's why Coach Rob is now on the opposite side as when he was uh, originally. Or no, we're back. We're back to normal, actually, uh, quite frankly. But anyway, um, so we apologize for any technical difficulties, but uh, the entire podcast will be published on the superhumanradio.net website. And um, assuming that the actual Facebook Live video uh, wasn't corrupted, that will be uh, available here uh, at right. Facebook later today. So check that out. We're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back with more of the Blueprint Power Hour, where we answer your questions as best as we can. Stay tuned. For the past four months, I've been keeping a secret. Every night at bedtime, I tape my mouth shut with Somnifix strips. That's right, and here's why. Whether you snore or not, at some point in the night, almost all of us start breathing through our mouth. Since I've started using Somnifix strips, I've noticed that I sleep deeper and have seen improvements in my health, fitness, and cognitive function. That's because nose breathing activates the parasympathetic nervous system and improves nitric oxide production. And that leads to improved sleep, immunity, carbon dioxide, oxygen exchange and much more oh and if you do snore it'll help you stop snoring try somnifix risk-free go to s-o-m-n-i-f-i-x.com forward slash s-h-r get a free trial pack of somnifix strips today are you looking for a better way to absorb the nutrients you know you need do what I do and start your day with lipospheric supplements from Live On Labs. Unlike pills and powders, Live On's patented liposomal encapsulation technology transports nutrients like vitamin C, vitamin B, glutathione, acetyl-L-carnitine, and alpha-lipoic acid to where they need to be, your cells. Visit try.liveonlabs.com forward slash Carl to learn why I take these supplements every day to help me perform in the gym and in life. That's try.livonlabs.com slash Carl. Now, the number one best-selling non-hormonal anabolic agent at PredatorNutrition.com. Progenidrex has established itself as the category killer. If you're having difficulty gaining muscle while staying lean, you owe it to yourself to try Progenidrex. 100% of store reviews rated it at five stars, the highest possible ranking. And today, right now, there are guys pouring their hearts out in the gym with little or nothing to show for it. Don't waste any more time. Go to PredatorNutrition.com today and get Progenidrex, the 
world's absolute best drug-free muscle gainer. Eat dessert again with the new 100% natural line of high-protein, low-carb Quest protein bars. I love lemon cream pie and strawberry cheesecake, but you can choose from chocolate peanut butter, coconut cashew, or cinnamon roll as well. No matter which one you try, you'll feel like you're eating dessert. But this is no ordinary dessert. With 20 grams of high-quality whey protein isolate, 17 grams of prebiotic fiber, and sweetened with stevia, these bars will make you feel like you're cheating, but you're not. Go to superhumanradio.com and click the Quest Protein Bar banner ad to learn more about these clean and delicious protein bars. Men and women, you've heard about hormone optimization. Do you feel like it's something you want to look into? RenewLifeRx.com is the place to start. Their doctors can help you with the solutions. RenewLifeRx.com has a simple process for lab work, consultation, and taking a deep dive into where your hormone levels can be improved. Superhuman Radio listeners get 30% off your initial lab work and consultation. Go to RenewLifeRx.com to schedule your no-obligation phone consultation today. Feel younger, get in better shape, and be more productive at RenewLifeRx.com. This is the Superhuman Channel, where we use oxygen for the power of good. Welcome back to the Blueprint Power Hour. So the next question comes from, I'm, I'm thinking this is probably an alias, but maybe it's not. And if it's not, I'm sorry. It's Sinbad Salome. I'm assuming that the last name is pronounced Salome. He cool said, man. Yeah, he says, I, I've heard you talk about HRT, and I'm ready to take the plunge. I can get 200 milligrams a week and possibly even up to 300 milligrams a week. Everyone uses test as their baseline steroid. So I know it'll work like King Kong. One thing I don't want though, is a physique, I'm sorry, that looks that looks heavily drugged. You're not going to have that. Uh, can I stop getting too fast, gaining too fast just by lowering the dose or if need to stop taking it all? Dude, you, you're worrying about shit that's not, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to curse. You're worrying about stuff that's just not going to happen, man. Not at, not at 200 milligrams a week. Yeah, I mean, that that basically sums up my answer. But um, let me give you a real-world example. I know a guy. Uh, he's 45 years old. And his I think when he was tested, he had it was either 123 or 132 nanograms per deciliter. And that was on a scale that was given to him of 250 to 800. Okay, so clearly, um, you know, he's he qualifies for HRT. He is originally prescribed 200 milligrams a week, and this is the first drug period he's ever used. And, of course, he's heard about, you know, all of the wonders of testosterone and how much muscle guys, guys pile on, et cetera, et cetera. So he starts uh, shooting 200 milligrams a week, 100 milligrams twice a week um, to keep blood levels. Constant. And so... <laughs> much to his dismay after four weeks he calls me up and he said i said how's the test going he says not much is happening <laughs> and then uh i said well you know call me back after eight he calls me back after eight and he's like still not much and so of course we went over what we should have went over in the first place which were the fundamentals are you training progressively check he was are you eating enough? Yes, he was. Are you eating enough protein? Check, he was. 
Are you sleeping enough? Are you getting enough rest? Yes. What we're talking about here is expectations. 200 milligrams a week of test, as he found out, is not going to result in an explosion of muscles. He went up, uh, he actually, he graduated from two to three to four to 600 milligrams. So let me give you some of his feedback on each. When he got to 300 milligrams, he called me up and he said, I can't tell any difference from two to 300. I said, okay, well, you know, 300 is the lowest research proven dose that accelerates protein synthesis should put your total test anywhere in the neighborhood of 1,200, 1,300, something around there. I honestly don't know because I don't think he went back and got tested again. Um, and then he jumped it to 400. Now, at 400, he said, I feel great. And I said, well, that's good. feel is a you know, very subjective word. What do you mean? Right. He said, my mood is just a lot brighter. You know, it, it's uh, the glass is half full. He, he just loved life. And, um, and, and that's the, that's the exact opposite, right? Of what the media will lead you to believe, which is, oh my God, he's going to be a roid rage monster. You know, he's going to, he's going to murder people that decapitate and need them. No, you know, in fact, when he jumped it to 600 milligrams, uh, he felt even better. Now I will tell you this. Uh, at the 600 milligram a week mark, he said, I said, well, talk to me about, you know, how you're doing at the gym. He said, well, the biggest thing is I feel like I can do more. He said, I don't, I don't just don't want to leave the gym once I get there. He said, I feel like I can train every day. So clearly he's getting some of the recovery benefits, but still, you know, he's not looking, looking like Hercules. And that was, Right, his goal. In fact, he thought testosterone was so powerful uh, that he would he would have to dial it back at some point. Look, you still have to train hard. You still have to pack away the groceries. You still need to sleep big. Testosterone is no miracle. Okay. Now, it's uh, one other thing I'll note: at six hundred milligrams a week, that seemed to be the threshold where his LDL or bad cholesterol really started to increase. Didn't see that at, uh, I think he said he had labs run at 300. Didn't see that, you know, didn't see a bad impact on cholesterol. He skipped over uh, 500. So we won't know, but clearly once he got to 600, some of the, some of the negative side effects kicked in. Now, having said that, you know, your LDL numbers getting nudged out of range a little bit is not exactly a life-threatening side effect. I mean, number one, you're not going to be doing this for hopefully any length of time beyond 12 to 16 weeks. If you're cycling, if you're on HRT, that's a different matter. Um, but also, it's reversible, right? You come off, your LDLs go back. You can also improve your HDL to LDL cholesterol by using ephedrine, provided you have no pre-existing issues, Little known fact, ephedrine will jump your HDL numbers. And that, even with LDL numbers that are a little too high, give you, gives you a much improved um, 
ratio. Profile. I yeah. forget the forget Yeah, because, the name. A, because HDL actually helps to clear LDL out right. of the bloodstream. So, yeah. Right, exactly. And here, too, we get into um, over-the-counter supplements for drug-using athletes. A lot of them are under the impression, I don't need to use supp- supplements. <laughs> These drugs work awesome. Why would I need supplements? Well, you know, taking something like vit- vitamin K2 uh, as a hedge against, you know, calcification of the arteries, taking something like trimethylglycine, which is going to bring down homocysteine if you're eating, you know, tons of protein, and, and Ta- most guys that are on drugs usually do. Taking one to two milligrams of co- chel- uh, chelated copper because right. copper keeps the heart from developing cardiomyopathy from from blood pressure issues. Right. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things that, that – drug-using athletes should be using that they're not. Yeah, that's a great point. I didn't know that about copper, so I learned too, right, every week. Anyway, long story short, this gentleman found out what most of you will if you've never used testosterone and embark on a testosterone-only cycle. You're not going to wake up looking like Mr. Olympia. Right, I know. I I wanted to say, when somebody goes, oh, you know, I'm going to start testosterone therapy – I'm afraid I'm going to get too muscular and too big and too jacked, and I just want to go to him. Ah, you're cute. That's cute. You're cute. <laughs> no, nah, it ain't going to happen. Trust me. Look, I was doing two grams of test, a gram of Deca, and 400 milligrams of Trent Nth a week for almost oh, a year. Okay, oh. and I got jacked, but that's what you know. You're not going to get jacked on 300 milligrams a week. Trust me on this one. You'll <laughs> no. you'll, you'll probably you will have if you're in your 50s and 60s. You'll develop muscle a lot easier, like a guy in his twenties and thirties, for sure. Right. But right. you're not you're not going to go. People aren't going to go to you, dude. Are you on anabolic steroids? No, they're not going <laughs> to do that. They're not going to do that. <laughs> yeah. So that's uh that's just a long way of saying, test is no miracle. Obviously, it does help, but temper your expectations. Yeah, and work hard, eat big, sleep well, and those things may actually give you benefits that uh, the test doesn't even. Right. Uh, uh, bring you. So hold on. Let me. I'm sorry. I'm. I'm trying. I, every time somebody texts me, it rips my uh, my phone. It, it puts everything back to where it was. So now I got to find the next question. Here it is. Okay. Let's go. So the next question comes from Jim Harpy. He says, "Who's the biggest guy in your gym? And have you asked him what and how much he takes? I guess he means drugs. I'm curious to know what these monsters take to get so big." This is kind of in line with the previous question, quite frankly. Yeah, it is because you know the, the again, the it's another misconception, right? Yeah, I mean the association goes immediately to the drugs. They're the biggest, so they must be taking you know the most or the stuff that works. Uh, the fact of the matter is, there are two that stand out in my gym. Uh, one's about let's say six two, almost three hundred pounds. The other guy's six five. Close to 300 pounds with a 34 inch waist. Wow. So, obviously, two very big, you know, guys. Um, the way I broached the discussion with them had nothing to do with drugs at first. You know, the, in fact, my first question was, how many calories a day do you eat? And do you know both of those guys knew to the calorie, not, uh, not only how many calories a day they consumed, but of course, how many grams of protein, how many grams of carbs, and even the fats. So clearly, 
those guys were not counting on drugs to build muscle out of thin air um, because they can't. You need the cement, and the cement is the calories. Secondly, um, their training is, is more, I would say, traditional bodybuilding training. Uh, they do not write things down. They don't subscribe to any particular program. Both of them, or, although one of them, the taller one, <laughs> you'll find this interesting. He squats every day, every single day. Heavy every day or just squats every day? It appears to be pretty heavy to me. Um, you know, Brandon Lilly was like that. I don't know if you remember Brandon Lilly. Uh, he was the power lifter who uh, was making amazing, like, world-changing gains in competitions. And then he, both of his knees gave out one day while he was squatting. He used to squat every day, too. Yeah. And, of course, my, my mind immediately went to Rabdo. <laughs> but um, so that's the story on the training front. They both freely admit that they don't get enough rest, five, maybe six hours a night. Yeah. One of them is a prison guard, and he works odd shifts. That's a horrible you know? job. That's a high-stress job. By the way, i got to give a shout-out to somebody I just showed see showed up in the audience, Con Santori Davison. Con, man, you've been missing in action. We love you. Where you been, brother? <laughs> Yeah, Killer Khan. Yeah, I man. I just Killer saw he just joined the group. I was like, damn, Khan is here. Okay, <laughs> that's a good thing. So uh, so what does this tell us? Um, eventually, they talked about the drugs that they were taking. Mm-hmm. And one of the two does, in fact, use quite a bit. The others is, I would say, consistent for a guy his size. But here's the thing. For whatever reason, guys in my gym talk openly about their drug use. I can point to a dozen other guys that take just as much stuff, if not more. And have no gains. And, yeah. and no gains. Right. And, and like one of them, uh, one of these guys, the big guy, says to me, you see so-and-so over there? I said, yep. He says he's taking uh, almost two grams of test a week and has been for like 20 weeks. And then he says, for what? The guy was about 215, 220 at the most. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you're not talking about a strong guy. A lot of it appeared to me anyway to be water. So the moral of the story there is, you know. More is not better. Yeah. I mean, mean, you you can take tons and tons of stuff. But if you're eating maintenance calories or below, guess what? You're wasting your money. And see, and and, and I'm telling you something from experience. The hard part is eating. You know, you can you can inject three cc's of oil a day, no problem. Get up in the morning, take a shower, give yourself your injection, go. But hitting that every two hour, forty to fifty grams of protein and broccoli six to seven times a day. You may even get it done one day. The next day, it's like, damn. The third day, you're like, oh my god, like it's it's you know. And that's the difference. That's the magic. The magic in these guys who grow, look, they give cows phenoplex, which is which is trenbolone, and right. ben, estradiol benzoate. They give them those two steroids to make them grow faster. But they would not grow if they didn't give them free access to eating corn and grain all day long. Those cows, yeah. if you took those cows and gave them the phena and and the, the the estradiol benzoate, but you didn't feed them, they wouldn't put on a pound. 
And this is where the, <laughs> this is where everybody misses the boat. It's right. the drugs only work if you're hitting your meals every two hours. Then they don't. Otherwise, they don't work. Yeah, I was I was gonna say, you know, the training. I got an inconsistent answer. Obviously, they're not sleeping as well as they could. So, what's the common denominator? Packing away the groceries. That's it. That's it. Uh, when you when you look I mean, at a bodybuilder, what you need to see is the same thing a farmer who raises cattle sees. Bodybuilders, by and large, are pretty much the same, different species, but the same as cows, that they want to muscle them up so that they can process them and sell them at a bigger weight. Right. And it, that's all about eating, all about eating. Yep. No, there's no question about it. And so, you know, the next time you see – some gargantuanly, you know, well-built guy. Don't let your mind go first to how, you know, what's he taking? Right. You know, in, instead, the real answer is, you know, how many calories is this guy <laughs> socking away? Right. Day in and day in and day out. That's the caloric cement that's needed, regardless of whether you're on lots of drugs or or no drugs at all. Did you see the article about Eddie Hall when he did that uh, record-breaking? What, what was what was his deadlift? Twelve hundred pounds? Yeah, something insane. So Eddie Hall has trimmed down. I mean, he's lost a a, a lot of weight for his health. For his health, he did it because right. he openly talked. And if you haven't found this article, Google it. Google Eddie Hall, uh, and and probably the word diet, and you'll find this yep. article. Eddie Hall was eating something like 12,000 to 15,000 calories a day. He said his life revolved around eating, training, and pooping, and that was it. Yep. He talked about, and he talked graphically, like, like, okay, you want to be the strongest guy in the world? You can do it, but here's what you're in store for. Bleeding hemorrhoids, you know, bowel <laughs> movement problems. Spending literally, when you add up the time, hours a day in the bathroom crapping because you've been eating yeah. 15,000 calories, not just one day a week, every day, seven days a week, day. for years, for years. Yep. And, and, and anytime you look at somebody and go, man, I wonder what drugs he's on, you're right, Rob. You're exactly right. Stop that thought and say to yourself, man, I wonder how disciplined this guy is about eating, you know, 350 yep. grams of protein a day, seven meals a day. I mean, and you got to hit it on time because you can't be eating when you're sleeping. So you got to hit, you can't yep. miss a meal. You can't miss a meal. Can't miss a meal. As the, as the calories go up, so does the Charmin. Yeah. Just keep that in mind. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. does the Charmin. Hey, my beautiful wife just came in. Oh, Jen, how you doing, Jen? Come here. Come oh, into the camera. Hold on, we getting... Let's see somebody pretty. Get his mug. Get his mug. Get his mug out of there. Hi, Jen. How are you? <laughs> She's a lot prettier picture. Yeah, yeah. Let's, she works, can we just she can, so hard? Can you talk and just have her on camera instead? We have her, her face and <laughs> yeah. your voice. Can we do that? No. You know what? That's that's a really good point. If she's here, we'll do a we'll do a co broadcast. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Uh, we're going to take our Have last. Have uh, You too, Jen. We're going to take our last commercial break. When we come back, we got the blueprint tip of the day, and it's a really good one. It's one right. I mean, I love this discussion we're going to have now. It's about keto. You're going to love it. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with more of the Blueprint Power Hour. Let's get some music going here, and we take out the break. <laughs>
Now, the number one best-selling non-hormonal anabolic agent at PredatorNutrition.com. Progenidrex has established itself as the category killer. If you're having difficulty gaining muscle while staying lean, you owe it to yourself to try Progenidrex. 100% of store reviews rated it at five stars, the highest possible ranking. And today, right now, there are guys pouring their hearts out in the gym with little or nothing to show for it. Don't waste any more time. Go to PredatorNutrition.com today and get Progenidrex, the world absolute best drug-free muscle gainer. Are you looking for a better way to absorb the nutrients you know you need? Do what I do and start your day with lipospheric supplements from Live On Labs. Unlike pills and powders, Live On's patented liposomal encapsulation technology transports nutrients like vitamin C, vitamin B, glutathione, acetyl-L-carnitine, and alpha-lipoic acid to where they need to be, your cells. Visit try.liveonlabs.com forward slash Carl to learn why I take these supplements every day to help me perform in the gym and in life. That's try.livonlabs.com slash Carl. There are a few products that I believe in the way I believe in CanSee eye drops. I've been using CanSee for six months now, and the changes in my vision are nothing short of amazing. Wow, that's an old commercial. The truth is, I've been using CanSee eye drops for 11 years now, and I credit CanSee eye drops as being the reason that I do not need reading glasses at 58 years old. CanSee eye drops improve the quality and health of your eyes indefinitely. That's why I both use and endorse Cansee eye drops. Go to wisechoicemedicine.com and learn about how Cansee eye drops can improve the health of your eyes and the quality of your vision today. New Mass Pro Synthogen X2 just upped its own legendary game. To distance itself even further from the rest of the pack, Synthogen X2 now has double the key active ingredients. If you've ever wondered what steroid-like recovery feels like, Synthogen X2 delivers. See why others compare it favorably to powerful bodybuilding drugs at Synthogen.com. Mass Pro Synthogen. When you train with it, you'll gain with it. For the past four months, I've been keeping a secret. Every night at bedtime, I tape my mouth shut with Somnifix strips. That's right, and here's why. Whether you snore or not, at some point in the night, almost all of us start breathing through our mouth. Since I've started using Somnifix strips, I've noticed that I sleep deeper and have seen improvements in my health, fitness, and cognitive function. That's because nose breathing activates the parasympathetic nervous system and improves nitric oxide production. And that leads to improved sleep, immunity, carbon dioxide, oxygen exchange, and much more. Oh, and if you do snore, it'll help you stop snoring. Try Somnifix risk-free. Go to somnifix.com forward slash SHR. Get a free trial pack of Somnifix strips today. This is the Superhuman Channel. Evolution just got kicked up a notch. Hey, Rob. Welcome hey, back. Girl. So, Rob, uh, we're going to talk about the blueprint tip of the day now. Yep. Yep. And the, and the tip of the day is the ketogenic diet. And I think it's, it's a uh, pertinent subject due to, once again, the explosion in its popularity. So the other day... Uh, my wife came home from Walmart, and in addition to keto-friendly foods, you know, here and there we're eating items that uh, 
that make compliance easier. So SlimFast has these keto bars now that she eats. Yeah, I see. They I have, see the commercials. They now say keto friendly, keto friendly, right? And um, keto fat bombs. And in fact, they have a little option up here. It says text keto plan to four four two two two. So clearly, companies and not just SlimFast are investing heavily in the low-carb diet. Here's another, uh, keto chips, low-carb bread, uh, and, and in fact, candies are now available. So long story short, it's a way of saying that the ketogenic diet is once again in vogue. I say once again because if you've been around this game for any length of time, uh, literally since Vince Gironda's gym in the 1950s, the ketogenic diet has been used initially by athletes, but then uh, gained a, a very favorable traction with the American public, primarily in, I think it was 1972, Dr. Atkins, you know, New Diet Revolution, introduced the masses to low-carb eating. And once again, uh, if you're visiting stores today, Food items, for example, uh, that I just showed you are much more keto-friendly. We certainly did not have any of these, you know, chips and fat bombs and other things to be in compliance many years ago when the ketogenic diet was once again fashionable. More More important, I think, for athletes is the question, is the ketogenic diet optimal? And I'm here to tell you that if you are a strength athlete, or even if you're not, if you're interested in optimal changes in body composition, I would tell you that the straight ketogenic diet is not the diet that you want to be on. For all of its merits, and there are many, um, ketogenic diets are hell on strength when they're done for any length of time. So a couple of points. Ketogenic diets work primarily because... When you drop carbohydrates, remember the suffix is hydrate. Not only do the carbs go, but when they do, almost three grams of water go with it. Now, this principle also works in reverse, right? When somebody comes off a ketogenic diet, they will many times gain all of the weight and then some back. And it comes back fast for the same reason, right? Now, three grams of water almost three grams are being pulled in with it. The key thing to remember is this, as a strength athlete, muscle is primarily water, by some estimates, up to 72%. You you will lose, in some cases, dramatic uh, levels of strength on certain exercises. And so the question becomes, as an athlete, if a ketogenic diet is not optimal, what is? Well, a couple of thoughts. First off, even Gironda realized when he was advocating his low-carb diet to athletes that a carb refeed at some point was necessary. A couple of his favorites were one high-carb meal every fourth day uh, or a two-day carb up once every two weeks, I think was what he said you could do. Um, and in fact, a street ketogenic diet has some other pitfalls, such as um, reduced thyroid function. 
right? We know from studies, refeeding with carbohydrates is going to upregulate that. The best diet for strength athletes, in my opinion, if you're going to use keto, is something along the lines of Dr. Mauro Di Pasquale's anabolic diet. Right. Which is, which is basically a phasic ketogenic diet. Right. Faith, or, right, it's otherwise referred to as a phase shift diet. Right. And Dan Duchesne came up with something very similar called the body opus diet. Uh, that was a little more savvy insofar as timing your carbs and what types and various glucose disposal agents that you could use. But the key point being here is this. Uh, at some point, you will refeed carbohydrates, whether that's as part of a plan or because no matter what I take away from you, you're going to eventually want. If I strand you on the low-fat island, you're eventually going to want to come off and eat fats. If I strand you on the low-carb island, you're eventually going to come off and want carbohydrates. So given that dynamic, and it's really, you know, it's not if but when, let's do it the smart way and incorporate a feeding window of anywhere from 6 to 48 hours refeeding carbohydrates. Now, a couple of other things. In recent years, the advent of ketogenic salts has been introduced, you know, promising instant ketosis. You know, you know what I saw yesterday on Facebook? What's that? A keto topical cream. Oh jeez. And it was made with uh, coconut oil and it was it was called keto salve or keto something. It was just it was just bizarre. It's like okay, now it's getting stupid now. Right. And and that's what I'm talking about, right? The whole world's gone keto crazy. Crazy. So at the end of the day, I would tell you this. A street ketogenic diet is probably doable for non-athletes. And I'm thinking, when I say non-athletes, I mean even people that don't even work out. They just, they've never worked out. They don't want to work out. Um, I'm going through this now with my parents, you know, 70 years old. They've never exercised. How do I reverse those habits? Yeah, that's hard. But they will make dietary adjustments. And so a straight ketogenic diet for them with a cheat day, perhaps once a week, is probably the right answer. If you're a strength athlete, not so much. Cycling ketogenic diet, and uh, you will after you've done after you've after you've gone through it week after week after week, you'll begin to understand how many carbohydrates you can eat, for how long, and what type of carbohydrates. So that would be the my much preferred uh, option. I use keto. I'm on the anabolic diet. Um, and it works exceedingly well for me. The other option you might want to try is not straight ketogenic, but about 100 grams a day of carbs. 100 grams a day seems to be enough so that people don't go out of their mind craving carbohydrates. It is enough to keep thyroid function humming along, but it is also enough to register some fat loss gains. You see, Peter Rouse asked a question about the products you found in the, in the soup, but do they contain a lot of chemicals? Did you look at the list on the Ginny Craig stuff? Yeah, yeah. Um, and it ta- they taste like chemicals, although some of the more recent products that we've tried 
have been a little better in the taste department. So, uh, you know, what are the practical uses for these products? Well, you know, on the anabolic diet, most people won't truly reach ketosis until about Wednesday. So, I suppose you could use ketogenic salts Monday morning and get back into ketosis, giving yourself. But you're, near, you're not really in ketosis at that point. You know, you're, you're in actually you're in, a, in something called ketolysis. Uh, ketosis implies that your body is making ketones. Ketolysis yep. implies that your body is using ketones as a fuel source. These are right. two very separate situations. So, if your body is using uh, ketones, that's ketolysis. If those ketones are coming from salts, then yep. you're bypassing the fat burning process to make the ketones, which is the whole purpose right. of the keto diet. So you know, it, right. and 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 no, everybody likes to say, take these uh, take these keto salts, and you're in ketosis in five minutes. You're not in ketosis. Ketosis implies your body is making ketones. Your body is not making them if you're drinking them. Yeah, and that that's a really good point. Um, it also brings up the issue of urinary testing strips for ketones. Mm -hmm. Some people that are eating very low calories. Uh, We'll see no ketones on, on the stick and get, you know, they're, they Worry. go out of their mind. Right. Like, oh my God, this is not working. No, the reality is your body is using all available ketones for energy. It's when you start eating at maintenance or even a little above, you will see ketones being excreted. The nice part about ketones, the beauty about ketones is this. Your body can only do one of two things with them. Use them for energy or excrete them. They come out in your urine, your well, sweat. And, that, and this is why I think that the uh, ketone breath meters are Probably a better choice. Because when you ex ex exhale the byproducts of ketones, which I believe are acetates, you know those ketones have been used for energy. When you right. urinate them out, they haven't been used for energy. They, 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 yeah. they, they, they were waste products. And if it's in your bloodstream, it doesn't mean your body is running on them. It just means they're present in your bloodstream. It's only when you exhale the byproduct of ketones that you can say, oh, my body's using ketones as energy. Right. And and so understand the ketogenic craze for what it is. Uh, you don't want to buy in 100% that this is the way to eat and the only way to eat for the rest of your life. Hmm. Ketogenic diets are a tool. Just like any other tool in your toolbox, you wouldn't shoot your best round of golf with just one club. You need all of them. Right. So, and that's what ketogenics are. They are a club in your bag to shoot your best round. And, and, make, and make no mistake, a, a, a ketogenic diet is as restrictive as the vegan diet. And you will end up with nutrient deficiencies unless you supplement uh, and so, you know, and, and, and I rail against the vegan diet. I say, you know, do it for a couple of weeks, do it for a couple of months, but you can't do it forever or you'll end up with nutrient deficiencies. And the same is true of the, the ketogenic diet. You, you, you can't do it forever. And there's a lot of people on the keto diet that are on it for fat loss that are fat. Yes. And, and like, and like, and like the, the, the glaring, um, absurdity. That there are people on the ketogenic diet that have been on the ketogenic diet for years and they're fat. That's like, wait a minute. I thought you went on this diet to lose weight. Well, you know, I'm healthy. 
But I'm <laughs> no, 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 no. Don't give me that. Don't give me yeah. that. So yeah. no, the ketogenic diet is very restrictive. Do it for a while, sure. I believe that a modified paleo diet, where you're eating high protein, healthy fats in a in a in a, in a reasonable amount, and getting uh, your carbohydrates from uh, certain vegetable sources that seem right. not to be as harmful with lectins and and anti-nutrients and stuff like that. I think that's probably the soundest way. And and and, and use your starchy carbs early in the daytime that you're going to have oatmeal and stuff like that. And, and, and in the eve as you get closer to the evening, just, you know, broccoli, green beans and stuff like that. Um, yeah. You know, that that's not unlike uh, intermittent fasting. You know, if, if you're just kind of grazing on vegetables during the day, and then you're, you know, you have a workout and then your main meal at night. Well, you know, that's intermittent fasting. And so mixing that in with something like a modified paleo diet can improve the punch even more, yeah. even more. And that works the other way around, too. After you've been intermittent fasting for, let's say, five days, and then you start refeeding carbohydrates every two to three hours, well, guess what? You know, that that's going to be a huge punch to performance uh, if you're lifting weights in the gym. Important point, though, if instead you're performing body weight exercise, that extra five or ten pounds you put on over the weekend is going to work against you. So just, Peter, just Peter Rouse called it the paleo zone diet. I like that. I like yeah. that. Yeah. I like that. I guess that's about it for today, huh? That's it. Uh, but it's an important tip because... You know, keto's out there screaming for your dollars. So just understand. It's, an, it's another fad. It's just, you know what? You know, it just, the fads just keep on coming. And the people, the, the hungry crowd looking for the answer. The answer is to do something consistently long enough to see results. That's the real answer. That's the real there answer. There you go. There you go. All right. That's it for today. Uh, thanks, coach. And we'll see her Thank by tomorrow. You. We've got Aaron Singerman coming on tomorrow. We're going to have a really heartfelt discussion with him about being a dad. Oh, wow. Uh, we're also going to be talking about, uh, we have uh, Brent Lalonde coming on, uh, talking about the Arnold. I will be at the Arnold this year. I will. Terrific. Elisa uh, will not because she can't get away, uh, but I'll be driving up on Thursday. I'll be there Friday, Saturday, and going home Sunday. Terrific. So for those oh, of you, be yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So, all right, so make, we, go ahead, I'm sorry? Make sure you load up on free samples. Oh, yeah, <laughs> and uh, protein farts, protein farts all over the place. Lots of protein farts at the Arnold. Everybody's eating way too much protein, walking around farting. Khalid Hamlui, last comment. Totally agree. Keto is helpful for a period of time, but as a lifestyle diet, it is a bad decision. So there you go. We have uh, our Algerian connection weighing in on this discussion as well. We'll see you everybody tomorrow with more Superhuman Radio, and thank you for listening today and watching and watching. Thank you.